0: nine podcast studios this, this is the award-winning after nine with
1: scott and Kat, powered by tony johal broker at remax twin city your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it hey now happy national french fries day guys there you go there's not a lot of people that don't like
0: french fries it's It's just so easy. Even if you don't eat them, you know what I mean? Like, even if you are on a diet of some kind, it doesn't mean you don't like them. Maybe you avoid them. Myself, I I try to avoid them, but it doesn't mean I don't, I don't think they're incredible. Especially like the homemade fries.
1: You don't love those? No, I'm saying I do. Oh, you do love the homemade fries over the restaurant fries. Yes. Okay. I totally agree with you. I'm there homemade all the way, but if you're out and about and you have a choice, the best fries. Oh, only say it because it's National French Friday.
0: Okay, I'm going to go with a classic and and there could I could name five or six right now and I'd be equally satisfied. But I'm going to say the New York fries. I'm going to say New York fries on this one. Oh, I forgot. about I
1: never think to go to New York fries because
0: it's usually in a food court. And When do you find yourself in a food court? But when I do go to the mall and I see a New York fries, it just brings back happy memories. I used to have a friend who worked at the New York fries in Fairview Park Mall back in the day. I don't even know if they still have one there. Maybe they do. But. I used to love it because they used to slide us free fries all the time. So we'd go to the mall and hang out and then we'd like pretend to pay, but we never actually paid and they'd get like poutines and that supreme <laughs> shit, all the shit you used to eat when you're a kid and like nothing impacted you at all. Right. Yeah. I used to eat the shit out of that.
1: Okay. So I'm going to say, uh, I'll, I'll do a bit of a rant. Okay. Best fries overall. I know it's cliche, but McDonald's has the best go-to fast food fries. Wendy's new fries are a close second. Okay. A and W Underrated for fries. Theirs are really good. Harvey's has great fries, not quite as good as Wendy's, though. If you can get around the technicality, Smokes Poutinery is probably oh. your best option.
0: Sure, I could see that.
1: But not for the fries, you get them for the poutine. New York fries, very forgettable, but the fries themselves are good. That's good. I I highly recommend malt vinegar if you're going to go to New Mm, York fries. mm -hmm. Throw some of that on there. You don't need to put a shit ton of ketchup on your fries. You you can stop that. It's good, but you don't need to bathe it.
0: With good fries, you don't. And that's the thing, right? if If you're dousing it in ketchup, then the fry probably isn't that good.
1: All the other fries are just sort of okay. Burger King is a huge burger chain with just okay fries. I don't think anybody loves BK fries. But there's some good ones out there. So however you're celebrating, have a good time on National Fries Day. Uh, While we're talking national days and before we get to all the other stuff we've got for today, this weekend we celebrate National Ice Cream Day. I read a shocking statistic this morning, but only because I've lived such a privileged life. 17% of adults have never had ice cream from an ice cream truck.
0: That's because they don't live, I'm assuming, in an area that has an ice cream truck, right? That's exactly okay, what it is.
1: Okay. Ice cream trucks thrive in well-populated areas. Yep. There's not as much opportunity to make business amongst people that live in the boonies.
0: I Speaking of boons, so that's what I was thinking of when you said that. I thought, oh, yeah. I remember when I was growing up, I we, I did get the ice cream truck to our house. There's a lot of kids in my neighborhood. Very lucky that way that the ice cream truck would slide on by every now and again, and we'd go bug our parents for money. And I remember um, a good girlfriend of mine, she lived in air. For those that don't know, it's just like on the outskirts of Cambridge, Kitchener-Waterloo kind of kind of thing. Just west. No, this is when it was smaller. So this is like, I'm talking like 20 years, ago, more than 20 years ago, probably, when it was even smaller than it is. It's boomed now. But they didn't have an ice cream truck. And I remember when she would come over and the, an ice cream truck would come by. And it was like, what the fuck is this <laughs> is this santa claus coming like this is insane it's like the second coming of santa right and it kind of was uh, for kids right and you'd line up you'd line up and sometimes you'd try to like butt in to line but the ice cream truck driver knew better he understood like no red shirt kid you were behind the one in the black shirt get the fuck back and they would do it in order and make sure everyone was happy. And you used to look on the truck and there's like 50 options on there. And you were just sitting there like, I don't know. It was very overwhelming. It was a lot of decision making for a young child.
1: Yeah. Now, I did get the ice cream truck treatment, but not every time. And when your mom happens to say no, because they don't have any cash or anything like uh, that. that sucks. Or they just think, oh, you're getting a little fat, which was the case <laughs> when I was little. <laughs> <laughs> then, Then you just have to look out the window longingly at the ice cream Aww. truck and all your friends and acquaintances getting good shit and you're stuck inside like a loser
0: or, or they only had enough for like the shitty popsicle yeah like just a little uh. toothpick popsicle they're like here's a do- whatever it was at the time I don't even know a dollar all I have is a dollar I don't have two so you can't get that the ice cream you're gonna have to get the shitty popsicle And you had to sit there like an asshole and lick Mm. that thing while everyone else had ice cream.
1: I know it sucked. And you can hear them crunch into that gross cone and stuff. Oh, that sat in the freezer for God knows how long. Uh, Exactly. But the, the biggest thing here was when I was allowed to have ice cream, mom would be like, okay, all right, you've been good. You can have an ice cream cone. So I'd get my ice cream cone. I was never allowed to get any more. You know how you can get an ice cream? Well, back in the day, it was like a dollar. But then there was other things, the upsell, like, oh, would you like to make it a banana split or a nutty Royale or whatever the fuck else it was? (laughs) Yes, I would. But my mom (laughs) said no. I can't. (laughs) I'm not allowed.
0: I can't do it.
1: Anyway, uh, sorry we didn't have an episode yesterday, guys. We are back today, though, and I think we're going to rule pretty well uninterrupted for the next couple of weeks. I I do want to tell you a little bit about what happened this morning, because you may have seen a picture and heard some weird commentary on Cat's Instagram. You can follow Cat by the way at Cat on Air. That's Cat with a K on Air. Follow her and you will see the bird. So I was in the studio this morning and I was the first one in the building. And I'm working away, writing the news, getting some prep together for the radio show. And Cat snuck into the studio and she said, "Hey, there's a bird." And I thought to myself, "A bird?" Should I know what this means? Is that like a new singer or w- w- what's going on? Is this a record we're supposed to play? Is she
0: crazy? What's happening?
1: That was another option. Is sure. she just did she finally lose it? And and she said, "No, there's a bird in the lobby. Let's go." Like she's Batman and I'm supposed to be Robin and just follow her down the hall like, "Okay, let's go deal with the bird." And I didn't know what we were doing. I didn't know if we were trying to like get the bird out of the lobby or, well, or squish the bird. I had no idea what the plan was. I was just following Kat because she had it in her head what she wanted to do.
0: When I came through the doors, and here's what I'm wondering is how long this door was propped open for, but something was stuck and holding the door open. When you came in, question for you, I haven't asked you this yet. Did you use the right doors or the left doors?
1: I use the right doors because it's got the button. I can just press the button and the door opens automatically. So you
0: probably welcomed the bird in without knowing. You probably welcomed the bird into the lobby.
1: Actually, no. The bird was already in the lobby. I saw it. I just kept on going with my day. I didn't think to run down the hall and grab everybody who was available.
0: No, you had to save the bird. So I came in and the door got like stuck. So usually when that happens, it's fine. You just pull it closed. But the bird managed to get in and God knows how long the bird had been in there. So it scared the shit out of me, Scott, because I didn't see the bird at first. The bird was like tucked into the corner. So when I went to open the second door, there's two doors, two sets of doors, right? Before you get into the main
1: lobby area. And that's to keep birds out. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we have two sets of doors.
0: Now we know. The bird came flying at me. when I, oh, And I'm still trying to save this fucker. Like, what a nice person I am. But anyway, I go to open the second <laughs> set of doors. And this bird was like, like, fucking flew in my face and a tiny little guy by the way or girl whatever let's just go with guy right now tiny you little. you just guy. say
1: bird I think everyone understands well
0: tiny one right and and I thought what the hell is happening so I looked around for more birds that are going to come at me but then I thought about it and I thought okay so I shut the door quickly to the lobby because I thought what if it gets into the lobby and that's where the terror set in first of all we don't need another co-host we're fine I don't need a bird as a third as a third wheel here no thanks and also, like, what would happen if the bird did make it into the actual radio station? Would we have to hurt the bird? Do I have to, like, call Dave and be like, Dave, we've got a bird. And then he'd be confused, too. And Then he'd him. call me and say, what the yeah. fuck <laughs> is she
1: talking about?
0: <laughs> and call him down here. Like, God, she just had vacation. Does she need more? Like, what the fuck is her problem? <laughs> so I thought Scott. Got to is- talk to her about the drug
1: program we have available here at Chorus Entertainment.
0: <laughs> so Scott's an animal lover. I know this about Scott. Yeah. So I thought there's no way Scott can say no if I say we got to help this bird. So that's when I came into you and said, We got a bird. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> we got a bird. <laughs> we
0: got a bird situation. <laughs> so, you, without even asking too many questions, good for you, you came with me to back to the lobby. And then we had to come up with the game plan. I didn't know what to do because I thought, Is this bird going to peck our eyes out? It, like, I don't know this bird or where it came
1: from. Or it it would fit in the palm of your hand for reference. You'll see it on Cat's Instagram, everyone.
0: Very tiny. So, we decided we would try the shoeing, the shoe. Mm-hmm. shoe the bird right. plan. And at first it did not work at all because one of the doors I tried to hold open, but we had to hold open two doors in order to get the best chance of having this bird out. But to hold open two doors is, is impossible for one person to do while the other person was shooing. So Scott volunteered to be the shooer. And thank <laughs> you for that because I did not want to shoe that bird. That bird had already gotten way too close to my face. So Scott volunteered to shoe while I held open two doors so I had to hold the wheelchair accessible button on one door, run across to the other one and open it. Well, Scott went, shoo, shoo, <laughs> just shoo the bird out the door. And it kind of flew up at you, too.
1: It did a little yeah. bit. And that's when I thought, I don't really like this bird. <laughs> I I don't know what I'm doing here. I have a lot of work to do right now. And I appreciate that cat wants to help the bird. But I mean, really, if it's just going to tell me to fuck off, then I don't know what I'm doing. For anybody who may have been parked in the parking lot, If you were looking in the window and saw two grown ass adults running around with their arms in the air going shoo, shoo, and I tried everything, I was like, Come on, come on, like it was a dog or something,
0: like it was your puppy,
1: and I I didn't know what to do either. But I'll tell you, if you ever find yourself in a bird crisis, cat is the one you want around because one of the things that cat did that was amazing. Was she took over, like she was coaching in the Super Bowl, she was like drawing up plays and like I'm going to go here and you go there and then the, the bird is going to fly through this way. It was really well choreographed. And in the end, it only took us about five minutes to get the bird out of the lobby.
0: It was pretty impressive. One of the one of the funniest parts, I think, was when you were trying to actually reason with the bird was my favorite part because you got to the point where you were like, I have shit to do. Come <laughs> on, bird. Right. And so you actually started saying, like, the door's there. Why don't you get out the door? why don't you go ahead and scoot on out come on let's move the bird did eventually exit the building a couple of times back and forth between me running to push that wheelchair accessible button. <laughs> probably broke the fucking thing opening it like six or seven times but the bird is free and i believe uh we we signed off and said bye little fucker
1: fly free fly free well what's Particularly frustrating is we took time out of our day and we helped the bird, which was obviously in distress, and we got it back into its natural habitat. And I'm wondering what kind of shit talk it's going to tell the other birds when it gets back to wherever it came from. Like, guys, you're not going to believe this. Got stuck in a building, and then these two monster human people came charging at me. And and in reality, it didn't happen like that. We were just shooing. It it wasn't a scare tactic. It was like a fuck off kind of tactic.
0: (laughs) Maybe shoo in bird means fuck you. And. Yeah, I'm not sure we were the heroes in that bird's mind. The bird already forgot about it, like moments after it happened. I'm sure, but if the, they do spread the word and say, "Hey, they, they've got a podcast too," I overheard. Let's listen and tell <laughs> Ooh, all your <laughs> woo, tell all your bird friends. Great, it was something else to start the day off with.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, we are. Uh... Uh, we've explained the bird, and we've created massive controversy over fries and ice cream. Now let's get to some of the other stuff that we have planned for this episode of After 9. There is, uh, By the time you hear this episode today... As we record, it's 10 to 10 in the morning. The Bank of Canada has raised interest rates three quarters of a point to an unattainable level that many, many, many people cannot afford. Mm -hmm. And and I know that there's some who are instinctively thinking, well, you shouldn't have taken on that much debt. Well, you shouldn't have bought a house that you can't afford. I I don't like that argument. And I'm going to tell you why. Because interest rates have not gone up three quarters of a point like they did today. Since 1998, 1998 was the last time this happened. I think whenever someone takes on a variable rate mortgage, they know and understand eh, rates could go up. In the past, when that's happened, it's been a quarter point increase, a half point increase. Now we're at a point where it's just not affordable for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So my advice to you, everyone, is please be compassionate. Because there's going to be people struggling. There's people who are now paying hundreds of dollars a month more than they were through no fault of their own. Because let's remember how we got here. We spent way too much. We printed way more than we should have. And the Bank of Canada, those losers, just sat back and let it happen. And now that we're in a massive crisis that is directly tied to the Bank of Canada, they're going to screw everybody by raising interest rates. The other problem with this is, I'm old enough to remember six weeks ago when the number one topic on everybody's mind was the affordability of housing. Well, this did bring prices down, but now interest rates are so high that people still can't afford the fucking homes. Not that that was the goal of raising interest rates, but this is what happens. These people are so dumb and I don't (laughs) understand what the, I don't understand how Tiff Macklem looks in the mirror and he is just such a, that he is going to stick it to so many thousands and thousands and thousands of families by doing this. And he's going to keep going. He will keep raising these rates. Don't think we're done at three quarters of a point. They're going to bump it again in September. Then they'll probably bump it again in November or October. These guys are maniacs that do not care about you or your family and the federal government is is they love it. Because they want it this way, but they don't actually have to be the bad guys. And they've already gone out and said, hey, you don't, uh, the the federal government is not uh, tied to the Bank of Canada. They are independent of the federal government. Well, I mean, it's supposed to be that way with the RCMP. But now we're hearing all kinds of stories about the RCMP making promises directly to the Minister of Public Safety and the Prime Minister's office to try and get information in an investigation Mm -hmm. leaked just so they can further their agenda on gun control. So I don't buy that anything is independent. I think they're all tied together. And what's happening today is one of the most shameful, preventable, Dumb decisions that we have ever made as a nation, and and I'm just I'm right there with you. By the way, I've got a variable rate mortgage as well. My rates have gone up. Everyone's rates mm-hmm. are going up, and and the Bank of Canada is just trying to snow people. They put out a stat a couple of months ago. Eh, you know, it'll hurt people, but you know, only ten percent of mortgages in Canada are variable. I don't believe that for a second. Ten percent. I think you're actually flat out lying to people now. You're just lying to try and make it look like it won't be that bad. We're already in a recession. They will not acknowledge it, but we are in a recession, particularly the middle class. And this is just going to make things worse to the point where they're actually going to have to acknowledge we're in a recession.
0: What worries me as well is with interest rates going up, even for renters, this is going to have an impact for those who are who have a mortgage on those homes. Those who own the homes, right, that are being rented out, their variable mortgage goes up. And what usually ends up happening will be, well, the cost isn't going to come out of my pocket. Right. So it worries me because the cost of renting is also extremely high. So it absolutely has a domino effect. I was reading are, are they assuming that this will be worse than the last recession, which was what, 2009 or something? Yeah. Technically speaking was the last recession, even though we've had some shitty times in between. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I was reading something uh, for those who predict those kind of things that you strap yourselves in basically because the next
1: two years is going to be absolute horror. But it was so preventable and so avoidable. And all we had to do was say, yes. There is a problem with a virus that is circulating and it's affecting the whole globe. And we should have made decisions for Canada in Canada, not worried about globalism, which is the only focus of the federal government right now. We should have made decisions to say, "Okay, listen, before we piss away all this fucking money, let's take a step back and reevaluate and ask ourselves, is this essential? And if we had used the brilliant minds that we have here in Canada to look at the situation and say, "Okay, we need to do this, we need to do that, but this and that, eh, we can get away with that. Maybe we didn't need to buy all those shots. Maybe we didn't. I'm just going to float it out there. Maybe we didn't need to continue paying people to stay home Mm -hmm. when they were perfectly able to go to work. Maybe we should have fought some of the fraud that was in the system. I know right now the CRA is aggressively going after people for the last month of CERB payment. Some people weren't technically eligible, but they got the money anyway. There was other people that applied for EI, but got given CERB, and now they're getting those demand letters from the CRA to repay their CERB payments. The whole thing is a fucking disaster, and it was all preventable. All of this. We don't have to be in the situation we're in now, but we're here because of mismanagement and incompetence. That's all it is. And the middle class is going to suffer, and they don't even care in Ottawa. They don't care that we're going to hurt for a long time, and what this is going to do as far as the economy and the housing market is concerned, it's disgraceful. It really, really is. But you know what? I mean, our, our politicians don't even like each other. I don't think I've ever seen 13 premiers all at one table speak with one unified voice, even the liberal premiers, criticizing the federal government as badly as they did yesterday about the funding for health care. The federal government only kicks in 22%. Only 22%. And they try and spin it and cloud it with historical donations and things like that. The reality is every year... Only 22% of the money for healthcare goes to the feds and the provinces have had enough. They've said, hey, listen, this isn't attainable. We've got emergency rooms that are shutting down in Ontario. We need more money. And before we kick in any more of the money that we're already spending on this, you guys have got to come to the table and spend some money. Well, Justin Trudeau had said that when COVID is over, we would talk about it. When is COVID going to be over? Because now they're saying it'll never be over. So the premiers put it out there yesterday. They said to him, we will clear our schedule. We will meet you anytime, anywhere you want. Meet with us on health care and commit to ongoing sustainable funding. Doug Ford led that portion of the charge, along with the B.C. Premier, John Horgan. He's an NDP Premier, by the way. So you've got an NDP and a Conservative from two vastly different provinces that are criticizing the prime minister and the federal mm-hmm. government. Then you've got uh, Fury out there in Nova Scotia he's a liberal premier, also criticizing Justin Trudeau. At this point, if you can't see what the common denominator is, you just don't want to see it because everybody else does. When every premier agrees and is in lockstep that the federal government is dropping the ball, I think you have to acknowledge the realistic possibility that the federal government is fucking up. It's bad, guys. Really bad. Uh, We've Got nowhere closer to this universal dental care that plan that they promised. Oh, yeah. I for- I kind of forgot about that. <laughs> That's supposed to be in place by the end of the year. Right. And, and now the federal health care minister says it'll be tight, but I think we can do it. OK, Jean-Yves, I, well, let's see what you get done. We've got $10 a day child care on the table. Now the child care operators have asked for an extension. They've only gotten until September the first to decide whether or not they're going to opt in to this mm-hmm. government program. But they don't even have all the information they need to mm-hmm. make the decision about whether or not they opt in.
0: yeah, that one is a messy one. And for those who are wondering maybe you don't have like a dog in that race or whatever,, uh, they still haven't really given any money back yet. I mean, those who are who are uh, have a child signed up, and even for those child care centers who have registered, they haven't received uh, anything at all. They were saying the fall, so that makes sense. And I would assume that we should still stick to the assumption that the fall is when people will start to get reimbursed for that 25%, uh, I guess, back that you're going to get. But I don't know what that means, though. There's there's a lot of details missing. Is it a lump sum? Is it a check? I mean, centers are unsure, and then parents are bugging the centers, and I feel bad for those working at those centers that are like, I don't know. I know as much as you know. And people can't understand how that is. It's uh, it's kind
1: of messy. But this is the misleading shit that comes out of the, the the federal government. I mean, they did that big announcement, like you know, on remember when they were shaming the shit out of Doug Ford for trying to get a better deal for Ontarians. Well, they laid it out like this is a done deal. Okay, we can start right away. Ten dollar a day childcare. You know, it'll take us a couple of weeks to get things organized, but get ready because your ten dollar a day childcare is coming. There's childcare operators that have six weeks to make a decision. And even they don't think that that's enough time to make a decision. That's why they want this mm-hmm. extension. They don't even know logistics. Is this like OHIP? Like, are parents going to get a card that they swipe? Like, when you go to the doctor's office, how do the child care centers bill? How long is it going to take for them to get mm-hmm. paid? Because either way, the child care centers are going to take the deal that makes them the most money. And there are going to be child care operators that don't opt in to the $10 a day because yeah. they've got a perfectly good business model where they're just charging the parents and parents are happy to pay. And we leave Justin Trudeau out of raising your kids. He doesn't need to be involved just so you know. So they're going to stay the way they are. Are we going to have enough spaces in the $10 a day system to accommodate everyone? That's another question. All these things need to be answered and there's nothing coming in the way of leadership. And parents again are left scrambling like, what the fuck? You guys said this like it was a done deal, like it was imminent. Well, Is it imminent? Because nope. now they want an extension, and, and that's going to be frustrating for parents. And again, make no mistake, this has nothing to do with the child care providers. This is all government oh, interference.
0: Yeah. And I feel, again, I feel for those who are, who are working in those centers that are just... And trying to and and they're distracted by it. Like, let's be honest, there's other things that they'd rather do, too. They, of course, are happy to save those parents money. There's a lot of people that this is going to make a massive difference for a lot of families. I'm all in favor of it. But I'm sure that for those providers right now sitting there spending time, very valuable time of theirs on this and trying to sort this out and figure it out. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot on their plates. But hopefully it'll all be worth it in the end once we eventually get down to that $10 a day, which is not even expected for a while now.
1: I do want to talk about Dr. Moore, but we went a little heavy for a few minutes there. So we'll circle back and talk about this news conference that's going to happen today, declaring a seventh wave and expanding booster eligibility. We'll get to that at the end. If that's the sort of shit that you're into, stick around because, wow, it's going to be a hot fucking disaster today. But first, the (laughs) Whisper, I love Whisper. It's an anonymous Platform, in case you're wondering, where you can say what's on your mind, you can ask questions without fear of being judged, you can give people uh, your scenario and have strangers that have no bias there offer their advice. Whisper's great. And they put out a, a, an interesting question just the other day that I got locked into yesterday. And the question was this Husbands, what question would you like to ask your wives without the fear? Of ruining your marriage. What thing would you like to ask your wife without it leading to a massive fight?
0: Without repercussions from the question alone, right? Right.
1: Why does my wife dress sexy when she goes out, but never when she goes out with me? Hmm. That's a common one, I feel like. I think it is too. I mean, there's probably a lot of guys that are wondering that. Now, in response to that, I might ask, how do you dress when you go out? Do you put in the effort? Are, are, are we talking like she's wearing uh, sweats and a tank top while you're wearing a suit? Or, uh, I don't know. Un- yeah. Probably need a little more context and it might vary by the couple, but I'm really not sure that that's a fair question to ask.
0: And B, where are you going? Right. I mean, if if uh, she's making plans with her girls and they're going to a nice new restaurant or something like that. Yeah, it makes sense. She's going to dress up. She's going to dress to the nines to go out to that new you know, hot spot or to that birthday party or whatever, where are you going? If you're taking her to the fam- the diner down the street, and I'm just saying that in response to if you're complaining about how she's dressed, then maybe why don't you suggest, a nice way to do it would be to, hey, suggest, why don't we go out to a nice place, get dressed up if that's what you want,
1: right? It's, it's also not necessarily her decision. Let me point out that when I go out with my guy friends, I make a decision Based on what I think they're going to be wearing. If we're going to the casino, I'll just assume they're wearing jeans and I'll wear jeans. But if they say, hey, you know what? Let's put some suits on, head to the casino, and and we'll go to a lounge afterwards for some cocktails. Then I'm going to wear a suit. Now, my girlfriend might say, how come you wear a suit when you go out with your guy friends, but you don't wear a suit when you go out with me? We're doing something. We're going out for a night. That's why we're doing Mm -hmm. a fancy night. And that's why.
0: It's absolutely true. And I can speak from that female standpoint, especially with the dressing up. That's what we do. Most of the conversations leading up to whatever event it is, is what are you going to wear? And if you're not, because you don't want to be that person that is wearing, you know, sweats and a tank top when your girlfriends are dressed in, you know, these nice dresses and good shoes and all this shit. You don't want to be that person. So obviously you're probably it's possible Think about it this way. It's possible your partner's actually uncomfortable going out dressed like that, but she's doing it just to fit in. So that's not actually her comfort level. It's not like she's comfortable doing that not around you, but she's uncomfortable not dressed like that when others are.
1: This guy wants to know, or his statement is, I work hard so that we can have nice things. Why does my wife continue to buy the cheap toilet paper?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you... I buy, don't know, you
1: fucker. Why don't why you go you buy talking? the toilet paper?
0: You go get some Cottonelle or whatever you, you prefer. You go ahead. Like, that I don't... That I'll never understand. Like, don't complain about that kind of shit. And you can do it yourself.
1: I'm laid back and I like to be happy. Why does my wife have to be stressed and start arguments? Oh. Hmm. I mean... But that's a. Deep, are you too laid back? Like, are there actual money concerns or yeah. issues with the kids that need to be dealt with, and you don't give a shit? Maybe that's yeah. part of the problem. That's one
0: of those we need to know more info things. I think.
1: Why does my wife play Happy Family when other people are around, but when there's nobody else around, it's constantly threatening to split up?
0: Yeah. This is how it happens. (laughs) Listen, this is how that happens. That example is a great one of, and I think we've all been there before. Maybe it's a couple that we are related to. Maybe it's a couple we are friends with, whatever it is, where you hear that they've separated or they broke up and you go, well, they seemed really happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause nobody really knows what happens behind closed doors in a lot of these relationships. And it starts to get on at least one of the person's nerves, if not both if you continue to put on this facade because you're afraid of what people think, right?
1: I agree. Another question. Why is it when I tell my wife I need some peace and quiet for an hour, that's when she decides it's time to tell me a long-winded story? Uh, could you just sit and listen to the story? I get that you want some peace and quiet, but maybe that could be peaceful. Just listening to somebody else talk for a while, listening to your wife talk, enjoying her company. Yeah, I don't know why that has to be a bad thing. Yeah. Why don't you get your own place? If you really want peace and quiet so badly, why don't you get well, your own spot?
0: It, that's the thing is like how often I have a questions there. Like, A, how often are you asking for peace and quiet? Is it all the time? And B, how often is she talking your ear off? Is it all the time? Maybe you can come up with some kind of compromise. Isn't that what it's all about? Like, hey, look, I've had a long day. I really want to listen to what happened to you today. Let me just take. You know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes by myself, listen to my podcast I like or read my book or whatever you whatever tickles your go take a shit like whatever tickles your fancy. (laughs) Give me my 20 minutes and then I'm happy to hear your story, right? Like, I mean, isn't there a compromise? I don't think someone will get upset if they're not in the mindset to listen. I've been there before where I'm just like, I'm overwhelmed up in my brain. I can't listen to what you have to say right now. Right? Or if I'm supposed to have a call with my girlfriend who I know has drama, I'll be like, not going to happen tonight because I can't absorb that right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? No matter who it is, don't be afraid. And be honest.
1: Be honest. Shit. If you really can't handle it right now, that's also part of being honest. Yeah. Next one. Why does my wife touch her phone every morning before she even touches me? Oh. Yeah. I think a lot of people are guilty of that. I am. Common I got a one. perfectly great woman laying right beside me, but I need to know who tweeted what. <laughs> so I pick up my phone. And
0: and even uh, before bed too. How many times has that become a habit probably before you even kiss the person goodnight, if you even do, you know, you're scrolling your phone instead and see what happened. Yeah.
1: There's so many great ones here. It is... Uh Communication is the key, right? I
0: think so. I mean, but I understand that it's hard for some people because others are more sensitive to it. Um, We did get some texts on this, so I'll read some anonymous ones. By all means, if you want to DM us anytime, maybe you have one that you want to get off your chest, we'll keep you anonymous. Uh, This person says, and it doesn't matter, by the way, who your partner is, male or female, I don't care. uh, Why my husband can't share the same thoughts when his mother is around. How many involve family members of that partner of yours that you you don't speak? You don't ask because you know that family, it's a funny thing with family. So whether you have an issue with their mother, their brother, their sister, their whatever it is, Mm -hmm. it's one of those ones where it's difficult to bring up. And when you have a bit of a monster-in-law and you both understand you have a monster-in-law on your hands, but then in front of that, in front of his mom, I'm assuming this person means he says nothing and does nothing about it. I understand how that might be frustrating, especially, I don't know what the mother-in-law's deal is, but especially if the mother-in-law comes down hard on that on the wife, for
1: example. Can you just think of yourself like a judge? Fairness is always key. Sure. I think, you know, if your mother is being an asshole to your partner, if your mother is being an asshole to your partner, you should be able to talk to your mother and say, Hey, lay off, you speak up, fuck off. You know, yeah, you, you, yeah. Don't, you don't yeah. need to be in afraid of in a way, right? Yeah. Not with those words, yeah. but I mean, this is a situation that needs to be resolved. It's causing issues in your relationship. I don't know why you wouldn't. Other than just because it's my mom. Hey, Hey, I I don't like talking to my mom about stuff like that either. But if she crosses a line or if she crosses boundaries, yeah, I'm going to have to step up and Mm -hmm. do what's right here and say, mom, get out. We can do our own laundry. (laughs) Mind your
0: business. (laughs) Yeah, Stop doing my laundry. Yeah, you have great issues there. That's not an issue. Um, This other one is great, too. And this could go for men or women. I think, why do I always buy the flowers? I like getting them, too
1: that's such a good one. Oh. You know what? I, uh, I really don't like the traditional gender roles in a lot of ways. And whoever came up with the stereotype that men should bring women flowers when it's, uh, uh, just to be nice or to say, I love you mm-hmm. or to make up for doing something wrong, quote unquote, guys like them too. Guys love flowers. Most guys love flowers. I don't, uh, I don't, I've never asked for flowers, but if, my wife, or sorry, <laughs> if oh, my girlfriend, whoa, fuck whoa. off, just fuck Woo-hoo.
0: off. You Did up. you hear that, guys? Play that back. Go Have ahead. a great there's day, guys. A, we'll a, see you <laughs> tomorrow. There's a 15 second button. Go back 15 seconds and hear that again. It's
1: great. If if my uh, girlfriend yeah. gave me flowers, which she has done in the past, sort of, it was a hanging basket, but I liked it. I love that shit. I love it. No wonder girls like it. It's nice to be spoiled. It's nice to be pampered. And it's nice to have fresh flowers in a house at any time for any reason. I agree. Or even show your appreciation to it. Like I buy fresh flowers for the house too.
0: I mainly do it when when I know we're having company over close to a weekend. I'll buy like a fresh, some fresh flowers from the market or something like that. And I know my husband appreciates it. He's like, oh, that looks, the table looks nice with them on it. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. I know. But they're ours. But yeah, it, it's very, very true. Uh, do we have time for like just one more?
1: Do one more, and then we're going to talk about uh, Dr. Kieran. Dr. <laughs> Kieran. Dr. Moore. <laughs>
0: Dr. I pay for uh, stuff. I make my own money. I have my bills paid. I never complain about money. So why do I get questioned on what I spend my money on?
1: Ooh. Oh. I mean, uh, yeah, you do make money. <laughs> But it's technically your joint money. It's for the well, household. Yeah. That's part of getting married. Well,
0: that's. I think that that's where I need to know more information. That's where that comes in, too. Because are you, are you spending money on crazy things? Or is it that you don't... This person's alluding to, I don't spend my money on crazy things. But when I like something, I like something. So if I want to buy that, I don't fucking know, air fryer and give that a whirl, then don't question me on what I'm spending money on. Money's one of those things though, right? Finances, they're always going to be up there on the argument scale of like, don't do it or unless you want an argument. (laughs) Don't talk about it.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. I don't know who to believe in this case because generally we're taught that you can trust medical professionals. Mm -hmm. And we're taught that you can trust law enforcement. In this case, a Kentucky woman hospitalized after she picked up a dollar bill. That she found on the ground. Her and her two kids and her husband were on their way into McDonald's in Tennessee. Renee is her name. She saw the dollar bill on the ground and decided to pick it up. She instantly went numb. She could barely move and she could barely breathe. She described it as a burning sensation. It started at her shoulders and went all the way down through her entire body. Now, she eventually lost consciousness As she was starting to lose it, she could feel herself falling. She reached for her husband. Where she touched her husband, he got numb and developed an insane rash almost instantly. He picked her up with the kids, threw them in the car. He raced at 95 miles an hour to the closest hospital. Got her there. They asked what happened. He filled her in. They checked her out. They had diagnosed her with having had a drug overdose. So she picks up a dollar bill, presumably that someone was using to to do some drugs. And she got infected with, uh, infected is not the right word. She somehow got it in her. She ingested it or yeah. it could have been through the skin. I mean, some drugs, you just touch them. And, and you can feel the effects of it. I'm assuming that's what happened here. Scary. That was the formal diagnosis, though, from the hospital, that she suffered a drug overdose. They treated her, didn't require Narcan, but they did give her various treatments. And then they released her about four hours later. They sent her home to recover there. Here's the thing. Hospital called the police. The police checked out the dollar bill. They found no Evidence of drugs whatsoever on that $1 bill. They think she made it up. The hospital insists that that's how it happened, that she had a drug overdose from picking up a contaminated $1 bill. What happens when the cops and the medical professionals disagree? What went wrong here? Is she a drug addict? She says she's not, but she had some sort of a reaction after picking up that bill. Mm Mm-hmm. Who do you believe in this case?
0: Yeah, that's so messed up. I mean, my mind automatically goes to when I hear that, okay, this is a mother of children. They go to McDonald's, regular family stuff. The rash is another weird one for me. I don't know, like, uh, I couldn't begin to tell you the side effects of some of the more hardcore drugs, like a fentanyl, for example. I don't know if that has any abilities of what you just said. Maybe that's a strong enough drug. I know that's one of those ones that you're supposed to steer clear of. Um, because in large doses it it does cause some serious issues. But I also wonder if she ingested something before this happened. I mean, if the one dollar bill was tested, I mean, if I'm just listening to this and I'm taking all of this to truth, okay? Let's just assume that. If the one dollar bill is tested and there truly was no drugs on it, what was she do? I would kind of backtrack. Like, what else were you doing today? Maybe you ingested drugs and this happened to be the moment it kicked in. Maybe the rash was coincidental, maybe not. I don't know how, how hardcore they checked out her husband, but it's a weird one for me. That's a really weird one.
1: A Metro Nashville cop who was called to the ER said Renee was not exposed to fentanyl as she didn't okay. require Narcan to be revived and preliminary tests don't reveal drugs in her system.
0: That is all, so w- then that's a weird one. That seems like a medical anomaly.
1: Is this just the hospital with a lazy diagnosis? Y- oh, have- well, I mean, it seems like a drug overdose, so yeah. you had a drug overdose. <gasps> but then the cops who have that hard evidence say, no, she fucking didn't.
0: In all fairness, what you basically have when you're in that in the medical field is you have a list of symptoms and that's all you really have to work on. They did the blood work and found nothing in there. You're just working off of what the symptoms are, what the side effects are, what you had to do. And you go off the charts basically of, yep, this sounds like a drug overdose. This sounds like a medical episode. This mm-hmm. sounds like a heart attack, right? That's all you have to work with in all fairness. This could be something that's, like I said, a strange anomaly that is a medical situation. Perhaps the rash was coincidental on the husband. That's the weird thing that's, that's, that's the weird one for me. Yeah. Is that, how did that happen?
1: I don't know what to think or who to believe here, but either yeah. way, I don't know if I'm going to be picking up any money that I say, nah, who am I kidding? Of course I will.
0: <laughs> It'll be a I'm dime and you'll pick it up. I'm that fucking
1: cheap. <laughs> There's a $5 bill, but it's been dipped in fentanyl. Well, then give me some gloves, because I'm keeping the $5 no matter yeah, what.
0: Yeah, damn right. It's fun playing Columbo on this, though. Keep us updated if you do get an update.
1: Yeah, I am going to watch this story. She, by the way, told this whole story on Facebook, Okay. and and she's sticking by it, that okay. the dollar bill was contaminated. Cat, this morning at 11 a.m., Ontario's Chief Medical Officer of Health is set to make an announcement. An announcement. Kieran Moore will expand the eligibility of fourth doses of COVID vaccine. He will provide an update, which will also cover the province's rapid antigen test distribution. And he's expected to be questioned about what to do about the booster that's coming in the fall. This new super cocktail that they say will combat variants, Mm -hmm. but only variants that we know about so far, not the variants that have developed, because in... (laughs) didn't we think at first the original two shots that we got to be fully vaccinated would protect us mainly against the variants? Turns out that's not even close to true. So today there's three things. The rapid antigen testing. Remember how you could go to like a superstore or Longo's and just grab yourself a box of tests? People were doing that. And it's weird because when they finally came out, people were searching for them and couldn't find them. Then we got so many of them and nobody wanted them that they ended up just sitting there at the end of the cash registers at a grocery store. Never
0: mind. I remember when it was just at the LCBO locations, but oh. then the morning of it wasn't at a lot of the LCBO locations and the people working at the LCBO had to like get people off the property. They were like, we don't have tests here. We only have alcohol. <laughs> like, it was like a weird time, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, that was, uh, oh God, you're right. I forgot about yeah. that, but what a mess. It was a mess. So that's only supposed to be in place until the end of this month, the free rapid tests they're going to announce that they're extending it because Good. they're we're getting a seventh wave right now. And and don't at me. There's really no way to deny this is a seventh wave. Sure. There's a lot of sick people right now. How it's happening now, why it's happening now, that one's a little confusing because COVID typically hasn't been a summer problem for us in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, we're in the middle of a seventh wave of COVID driven by a couple of the subvariants of Omicron. In this case, though... They're also looking at the fall, so they'll order more rapid tests. We will spend more money on this. We will just give them away free, unconditional, as many as you want in a lot of cases, because there was people who there's probably people who have got an entire room full of rapid tests that the government and we, the taxpayers, paid for. Sure. And they're just hoarding them. Yeah. But here we are. Not a perfect system, but it's the one we have to live with. That probably makes good sense.
0: I think so too, especially as we do head toward the fall. And maybe you think, ah, I don't give a shit in the summer; it's fine. That's fine. And I agree with you. I tend to kind of ignore it, but once the fall hits, uh, it does. We do seem to have a boom. I'm okay with making sure it's accessible for people. It's good to know if you have COVID or not, or it's a regular cold or whatever it might be. Sure.
1: They're also going to expand fourth shot eligibility. So this is the fourth shot, the second booster, if you're following along, to anyone 18 plus. And it's weird because I don't know a single person who's interested in getting a fourth shot right now that's in and around our age. Mm -hmm. I know older people that are dying to get it. And maybe that's who's being so loud about it on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. I'm not sure. But everybody I know says No, I don't need a fourth shot. I'm good. They just recovered from it. They've currently got it. Or they just don't believe in it. And that's fine. Whatever you want. Cool. But then there's people who want this fourth shot now. Or may want a fourth shot in the fall. And what they're wondering is if they get a fourth shot now, will that make them ineligible for this new super cocktail that they're gonna release in the fall?
0: Yeah, and why not? Why wait? Why do it if you do want that super cocktail? Why do that fourth shot now if you're not allowed to? So that's what's being cleared up today.
1: I think, I mean, it's not officially on the agenda, but I'm going to assume that one of the reporters is going to ask him and there are people who are waiting and they'll make their decision based on that. In all likelihood, they're probably going to say, yeah, you can get a fourth shot now and you can get a fifth shot yeah, in the fall. It's
0: a lot of shit in your system. It's though. a I mean, lot I mean, of look, shit in your system. And I, I'm not trying to sway anybody in any direction whatsoever. Okay. I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a podcaster, a radio person. That's it. I'm not a medical professional, but fuck, it seems like a lot of shit in your system. Yeah, it really does.
1: I, uh, I don't know what to think of, of that paranoia that, that, Oh my God, I got to get a booster. I mean, nothing's changed really when it comes to Omicron and the sub variants. If anything, the sub variants seem to be a slightly milder version of Omicron and Omicron kicked a lot of people's butts. Mm-hmm. But it did, but it didn't put people in the hospital, not nearly as badly as they thought or as the science table warned would happen. All in all, it was a it was sick, but it wasn't hospital worthy. And for most people and and they had it and they got over it and they were fine. And now they know with some natural immunity. Plus, they probably had their first couple of shots because like 90 percent of the country did. I think that's a safe assumption. Fine. But they don't really want any extras. But then they've also heard the rumor that come this fall, the federal government is going to mandate it, that you have to have had a shot within the last nine months. And they're weighing the odds, thinking, "Ah, I don't want it. I didn't even want the first two, or I didn't want the third one. And now they're going to make me get a fourth or fifth one. And I don't know if I want to do that. And that's fine. But they're worried about, well, what if Justin Trudeau tries to mandate it? Here's my advice to everybody, and this will come up at the provincial level, too. I'm very curious to see what uh, Premier Doug decides to do with the mandates. Personally, I don't think Doug's going to go back down that road. We don't know how bad or mild it's going to get, but I really don't think Doug is interested in getting back into the mandate business because I hope not. Well, I mean, hopefully he can read the room and see that the the people who are really militant on this, that really want uh, a shot, and then they want to force everybody else to sit down and get a shot too. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that Doug sees through that and realizes that those people— have the option to go and hide away, or they have the option to wear whatever mask they want. They have the option to to get the pills if they happen to catch COVID and they might require hospitalization. We've got a lot of ways to keep people out of the hospital now. Hopefully he sees that and says mandates aren't required, but we'll still encourage it, which of course the government's going to do. Justin Trudeau doesn't think like that. Justin thinks you have to do it. And he still looks at the 90% that got the first two shots and thinks, oh, well, Canadians are 100% behind this. He hasn't been able to read the room in that a lot of people are done. A lot of people are, are thinking, mm, I had my two and I've got it. I'm good. Uh, there's also a lot of people who don't want it, as you know. Now, they've been labeled anti-vaxxers. You can call them whatever you want. I think they're just people who made a decision for their own health care and a personal choice this is, and that they is totally were totally allowed and, and they were forced to suffer through it. Yeah. But there's also a lot of people who got part of this 90% who got those first two shots because they didn't have a choice. They can say all they want. We're going to offer you a vaccine. We're going to give you a choice. They still didn't feel like they were given a choice and that it was offered to them. Mm -hmm. It was more or less you were held at threat of lose your job, lose your livelihood, lose your home, won't be able to travel, won't be able to see family and friends. I mean, they took away everything from people who didn't want to get it or they tried to. And and people in the 90 percent from the first two shots are worried that kind of a mandate is going to come back again in the fall. Uh, My advice to you is talk to your doctor. See what your doctor says. And if your doctor says do it, then you can make a decision because just like Kat, I'm not a medical professional either. But I do specialize in common sense. And one of the things (laughs) that common sense tells me is uh, what's going on right now. I can't explain it other than it's even more contagious than the Omicron that we had in the Mm -hmm. winter and spring. Seems like this is a bad one and it is making people sick. If that concerns you, if you think the vaccine is going to help you by all means, go get a shot. It's never been easier to get a shot and we didn't need mass vax clinics and to clear all the nurses out of hospitals to have them vaccinating people. You can just go to your family Mm -hmm. doctor and get a shot mandating it at this point is where they're going to have a big problem. I do think that they should say now whether or not they're going to mandate. And the reason I say that is because there's people out there that maybe, maybe might get a shot in the fall. They really want, uh, they don't really want it, but uh, they'll get a flu shot and they'll get a COVID shot at the same time. But they don't want to be part of that mandate mess. The more people that get it, the easier it is to mandate it, and they don't want to see that shit come back. So there's a lot of people who are going to make decisions based on what comes next from Justin Trudeau. And I don't expect him or anticipate that he will be honest with people, but the right thing to do would be to tell us what the long-term thought process is, i.e., go ahead and get through the summer. If you want your fourth shot, you can have it. But come the fall, then we're going to get serious. If that's going to be the case, I'd like to know that now, and I'll start my decision-making based on that. If there's going to be mandates involved, I'm out. If there's going to be, uh, if it's truly going to be optional with minimal repercussions for those who don't choose to take it, um, yeah, if it's optional, then I'll make a decision at the time. But once those mandates come back on the table, it's going to get fucking ugly across Canada.
0: I hope not. I am curious where they're at with, I'm not even sure they know how deep they're in when it comes to figuring out the true... Um, ability of this Uh, let's just say omicron as one of the examples but we know that there's several different strains of it omicron's a weird one because i know that there's research being done on how people actually contract it and how easy it is to contract and what to do because first it was mass then no mass then this and that and whatever now they're saying that if covid really has an ability to, to to keep in the freezer like a lot of items do and could be on meat, for example. You could catch COVID from eating that meat that's in your freezer. This is one that just came out. You can look it up, by the way. I couldn't tell you uh, exactly where it came from in terms of which country or which medical team did it, the study, but they found that, yeah, COVID can exist in freezer items and then you can eat it basically <laughs> and, <laughs> and catch COVID. Like, you know, but to me, there's just so many little things that I wish that we could um, really focus on. Like, cause I feel like figuring out what it is all about and how we catch it and the the truth about it will be so much more effective than just assuming and saying, this is what you need when we know that that might not be what you need. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like just shot 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 and you'll be fine. You said that in the beginning and we, a lot of people got shot 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 shots and they still caught covid. So don't and say And still ended
1: up in the hospital and still died and, in some cases. And
0: so don't say it as a definite. You know what I mean? Tell me what you're doing to research it and and give me a little peace of mind to know that hey, we've ruled this out for sure. We've done this. And I know there's people working on it. Don't get me wrong and I know it doesn't happen overnight. I understand that as well, but just don't push things on people when you, you know full well that it's not a definite that this is what's going to make COVID go away or this is what's going to keep COVID away from your family or protect you or this or that when the truth is you don't actually know. And there's so much we as a people don't know about it. So I just don't like that peer pressure and pushing when you don't know that as a definite.
1: I I agree with you wholeheartedly. And they still won't acknowledge that they didn't know at the beginning. They still now... Can't even admit that when we rolled out the vaccines, they did tell us, get vaccinated, get back to normal. This is our path back to normal. People were led to believe that if they got the shots, they wouldn't catch COVID. And if they did catch COVID, it was an extremely rare breakthrough case. We now know that's bullshit. When we got these shots, we were at least told, do this to protect others. Do this so you don't give your loved ones COVID. Well, now we know that you could still spread it, and you did spread it, and you did have a false sense of security. They still won't even acknowledge how badly they got it wrong the first time, and you're right. In order for this to work, in order to get people to buy in this time, it has to be truth. It has to be honesty. If there needs to be a mea culpa. They need to admit we were wrong, but there's a lot more science, quote unquote, behind this one, and they've also got to stop censoring differing opinions. Why is nobody talking about those Pfizer papers? Why is that not getting any mass media coverage? Mm -hmm. This was a disclosure from Pfizer about safety issues around this vaccine that got almost no coverage. And they for anybody who did try and cover it, they got labeled a conspiracy theorist. It's not a conspiracy. These are actual research pieces that were done by the company who created the drug who are required to come forward and say, this is what happened. These were the side effects. This is how many people got sick or this or that or whatever. That information is out there, but it never got widely reported. And I can't, is someone actually telling reporters, okay, yeah, yeah don't report on that because it'll stop the, mm. the momentum for the, the vax campaign. That's not how this works. It's not about creating a nice story so people get their shots. It's about giving people all of the information and letting them make an informed decision. That's it. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. Let people have the info and decide for themselves. So we'll see what Dr. Moore says today. I'm not expecting too, too much, but I know that there's going to be some people who are just livid that that we're not locking down and there's going to be people that are angry that they're not mandating masks and mandating shots and oh god help us with the the kids going back to school in september and they might have covid and uh, we made it through two years of covid with schools open and we're going to do it again this year Have a great day, guys. We'll uh, talk about Dr. Moore tomorrow and probably have some of his news conference because he's a funny little fucker. The way he dodges questions sometimes is actually legendary for someone who's not a trained politician. So we'll have some fun with that and lots of other things for a Thursday. Have a great day. Bye. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy